0: Here at Miss Teacher Mom, we recognize the great privilege and responsibility that we have as parents to educate our children. Beyond math and phonics, this also includes building their characters, molding their hearts, and reaching their souls, a burden too big to carry on our own. We sense the call to missional motherhood, but we could use some help from those who have more experience and wisdom than us. So we're calling upon some wonderful godly women and men to encourage and equip us as we seek to raise our kids with eternity in mind. Today we're talking to Courtney Resick. She's the author of books like Teach Me to Feel and The Accidental Feminist. But today we're talking about her book Glory in the Ordinary. Why Your Work in the Home Matters to God. Courtney, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here and we have so much to talk about. I came across your book on Amazon and had never seen it before, but picked it looked so good, so I picked it up and didn't put it down and We have so much to talk about that I think will help other moms this morning.
1: I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. So in your book, Glory in the Ordinary, um, that's the book we're talking about today. But as I mentioned in the intro, you've written three books so far. Um, Can you quickly tell us what made you write this book?
1: Yeah, I um, have kind of always struggled with how work that maybe I didn't love doing uh, was meaningful to God. And so I was um, deep in the baby years with small children Mm -hmm. and um, never really was someone who gravitated towards the work of the home or even enjoyed the work of the home. And I still have Mm -hmm. to confess that I don't love it. And I just really struggled with seeing how certain types of work had value. And I had started, my husband and I both had started reading more about how, work uh, brings glory to God and all kinds of work bring glory to God. And so as a result, the Lord was using that to help um, me see that the work that I was doing at that time would bring glory to the Lord as well. And so I really wrote the book for myself as a, as in some ways a lecture to myself and helping me understand that work is a means um, work is, is not about compensation. So work is not as much about what we make, um, as much as it is about contribution, so what we bring, and um, mm-hmm. what we do in our work, and how that brings glory to God, and so I kind of trace the the uh, like genesis of our work as going all the way back to Genesis in the Bible that we are created to work because we image God, and God is a God who works, and as a result, every. Every work, all work that we do brings glory to God, whether our work is paid or unpaid. So the work is dealing primarily in the, in terms of unpaid work. So the work of the home, like the cleaning and the cooking and um, the uh, bringing order out of chaos and caring of children. But I would hope that it gives people language for understanding that your work brings glory to God, whether you're, it's paid or unpaid. And it brings glory to God because you were created in the image of God and created to image him through your work. Courtney, that
0: is so helpful. I feel like you're speaking my language. I always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, but then becoming one made me feel like at points, um, I really questioned myself, like, did I actually want to be a stay-at-home mom or caretaker of my home, I should say more specifically, or did I like the idea of it? Because I don't love doing dishes or even cooking, sadly, um, or other things that Take up so much of our time as homemakers and stay-at-home moms, um, but you you talked about finding purpose in that and how God is glorified in that. Is there any way you can share more about that in regards to the home specifically?
1: Yeah, I think that this is that's a, it's a really common um, thing that comes up with with um, women who find themselves primarily at home because. We maybe have heard our whole lives, depending on your church context, of this ideal of what it's supposed to be like and how it's supposed to feel. And then um, you get into it and you're like, this is not how I expected it to go. And I didn't really actually like it. And mm-hmm. and I think there's a couple of things at play there. The first is, that I think, um, that we we sometimes don't understand how sin impacts our work. Mm-hmm. So whether, so like not our sin in particular, but just the fact that we live in a broken world. Mm-hmm. So the things that, the things that were intended that God created to do to image him, which would then bring us joy, uh, whatever that work is, uh, are, are now tainted by sin, what, what Genesis calls thorns and thistles. And so just because it feels like drudgery or feels like it's not fun or enjoyable to us, doesn't mean that it's still not good work. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that, that is true across the board, whether you are doing data entry in an office or whether you are doing dishes, it's, Just because it feels hard and difficult doesn't mean that it's still not good God honoring work. And so I think that that is something, it's a mindset shift we have to have in our work um, across the board for people is that we have a real um, sense of probably because we live in a modern world, we get to choose the work that we do and find fulfillment in it. Whereas for centuries, people didn't ever, most people never got to choose what they wanted to do. They just did it. And and so I think sometimes the fact that we live in a broken world makes us miss the fact that the work that we're doing is still good. I think too the other um, aspect of it is that we sometimes um, miss the um, the ways that what we're doing does bring glory to God. And so when you think of of, for example, the dishes or the bathrooms or mowing the grass or things like that, that we are um, in, in many ways, bringing order out of the chaos that the world, um, that, that, that in a broken world, but then also God created um, the world with raw materials. And so when you make a meal, you are creating something that feeds people um, with raw materials. And so trying to remember the, the ways that what we're doing is actually imaging him and pointing people to him instead of it just being another task that we do Mm -hmm. um, is, is really helpful. I think too, sometimes for, for women in particular, we have an ideal in our minds that to be a woman is to, to enjoy these things. And I think that that's an unhelpful stereotype um, because there are men who, there are many, there's a lot of men who enjoy cooking and there's a lot of men who enjoy cleaning and it's not wrong for them to enjoy that and to want to do it and to contribute because the work of the home, while there might be what the majority of your audience is women. And so they are the ones primarily in their homes. Uh, the work of the home is for everyone. So whether you have children or a husband or anyone who's helping you do that work, that is, it's not wrong that they help and that they are contribute because the work of the home is for the good of the world and for the good of our families. and. So enlisting others to help us in that work, I think, helps remove some of that drudgery and helps us see that just because we don't love it doesn't mean someone else in our home might not love it. So, Absolutely.
0: And and I can't wait to talk about that aspect a little bit more in a few minutes. Talking about more than chore charts, we're definitely going to get into that. And that was really mind-blowing for me. Um, Before we get there, though, I'd love to ask another question something that was so meaningful in the book was when you talked about how the work that we do in the home is tethered to the people in our home. I thought this was something that really transformed the way that I saw the tasks in the home. Is there any way you can talk more
1: about that? Yeah. One of the things as I was studying for the book and, and, and just trying to get a, get a framework for myself on understanding my work is that work was meant to be for the good of the world so god commanded adam and eve to be fruitful multiply and fill the earth and as image bearers they were to tell the world what god was like and so our work is we often think of our work as a means of personal fulfillment especially in the culture that we live in but work was always intended to bring glory to god and to love our neighbor to love those who are nearest to us and so sometimes we think of our neighbors as those people who live next door to us or even live in our neighborhood but our neighbors are the people who live in our home. And so our work is vitally connected to the people who are nearest to us. So when we are making a meal, we are showing our children and our husbands and whoever comes into our home, what God is like when we are keeping something clean, we're loving the people in our home by, um, by either protecting them from maybe illness. I mean, especially if you have like the stomach bug go through your home, you disinfect everything (laughs) and you're loving your neighbor. You're loving the people in your home. When you, I just made me think of, we had um, we have a playroom and we hadn't really organized the toys in a really long time. And we, um, and the only reason I organized them is so they know where the toys are to play with them. And we, we did it just recently, a couple of weeks ago. And I've noticed how much they, my youngest son, especially has just been playing by himself more because he knows where all the toys are and he can find them and he find things to play with and it's clean. And as much as it can feel like drudgery, organizing a bunch of toys, it also is loving my little neighbors in my home that I've put um, the toys where they're accessible and they can find them and they can then play and create and do whatever with them. And that's an act of loving the people in my home. And so I, we often, when we, when we look outside of all of our work, whether it's inside the home or outside the home, is a means of loving those um, around us. Then the work then has even more purpose and more value, because it's telling the world what God is like, whether the world that we're speaking of is our children, or the, whether the world we're speaking of is the people who are coming into our homes as, as visitors or um, even the people outside of our homes who watch us in our work. Yeah.
0: I really hope this concept is as mind-blowing and helpful to other listeners as it was to me when I read your book. You put words to my tasks and I think we already have a category for doing everything unto the glory of God, but as you said, we're trained by our culture to assume that we're supposed to love all the tasks that we're given. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are bringing up so many points that fit together to paint a much clearer picture of our work in the home, and that's been so helpful to me. Regarding the, the topic at hand more than just chore charts, I'd love to talk about how we can intentionally instill this into our children the purposefulness of serving those we live with and those in our care those in our home and even as you said it does flow into the world um for most of us, even growing up, I think doing chores was a means of getting extra cash for spending money. And even as moms, we can Pinterest all day to find cute sticker chore charts for mm-hmm. our kids to teach them responsibility and independence. But from what you, you've you shared and what we see in scripture, it's so much more than that. So how mm-hmm. can we help our children internalize
1: these truths as well? Yeah. So it goes back to the work being a means of uh, contribution and not primarily about compensation. So compensation is a byproduct of our work. As we get paid. That's great because you need money to live. Mm-hmm. But the primary purpose of our work is that we are contributors to the world that God has made. So which means that everyone has a job to do, whether it's a person who's paid a lot of money to be a doctor or a person who is 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 paid very little maybe to be a child care worker in a daycare center or a person who's paid nothing to be a stay-at-home mom or a child who's paid nothing to do his chores all of us are contributing to the world that god has made and so that's the the primary purpose of our work and so what we want to be instilling in our children is that you are a worker Because you bear God's image. You are a worker because God made you and God made you to tell the world what He is like. And one of the ways you tell the world what He is like is by taking care of the world that He has made. So, in small children, that can be cleaning up your toys, that can be um, helping wipe down the table, that can be um, putting away trash or putting away your laundry or things like that. And then, as your children get older, giving them more age appropriate tasks for them to do and helping them see that you're a part of this home and so by being a part of this home you work we all have a job to do in this home the the what we don't want to do is create children who think that that they are that they that they are merely growing up in our home and living in our home and the home is a place of consumption for them where people do things for them and where they just consume we want them to to cons, consumption is fine but we want them to also be contributors and that that's um, hard because it's so much easier to do the work yourself yes <laughs> um, so much easier, but I have found as I'm giving my kids more and more chores to do that, and I have other friends who do it much better than me, but as we're trying to give our kids things to do in the home, it's recognizing that they're part of this this too, this ministry of the home and so we um, and I have four sons, so this is not gender specific this is mm-hmm. um. Everyone has something to do here. So whether you're, you're sweeping the floor, all kinds of things. And my kids go um, to school. And so one of the things that's really struck me is their teacher this past year, she treated their classroom like, a, like it's a class family and everyone has a job to do in the class family. And that really struck me because one of my sons was able to, I have twins who are in the same class. And I was like, oh, I had no idea he was able to do that because she expects things of them that even I wouldn't expect of them. And it really struck me that they are able to do far more than we often give them credit for.
0: That is helpful. Do you have any words of encouragement for moms who find it difficult to get their kids to help around the home? I'm asking because my four-year-old loves helping, and but I think that's typical of her age. And I know that that's not the case for everyone, nor will it probably be the case for my kids growing up. So I'd love to know, what encouragement you have for moms who have kids who are refusing to help, coupled with this idea, as you said, that sometimes we have to do work we don't enjoy. And I think having mm-hmm. that perspective and teaching our children that perspective that as adults, we're also trying to learn um, is so important.
1: Yeah, I think I, I think the keeping that at the forefront of our minds that sometimes the... The, the, the contribution work is good even if it doesn't always feel good is huge when it comes to helping kids do work that we don't that they don't like. I mean my kids do not like doing the dishes. I often will say like mommy doesn't like doing the dishes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mommy doesn't like doing mommy does not like cleaning the bathrooms. Like I don't like it. And so but it's good work. It helps our family. It serves it's, it loves our neighbor it loves each other. And everyone and I always one of the things we always say is in our family everyone has a job to do. Everyone has work to do. I mean, the, the principle of perseverance that we just keep doing these things like exercise or reading our Bibles or any type of discipline that doesn't always bear fruit in the immediate. But at some point, we, we hope and pray will bear fruit um, eventually. And we're trying to raise contributors to society because the, the natural bent is if our kids don't like it, well, it's okay, I'll do it. But, but that doesn't teach them to live in the world. And so we want them to be able to, to be told, asked to do something, to do it with a joyful heart. And sometimes that means they have to do it with a really unhappy heart for a long time in our own home, which is really hard. And that's so helpful
0: to hear. I feel like you're blowing up the notion that we should make everything
1: fun. Oh my gosh. No, no, I'm not, I'm not a fun mom to begin with, so I don't feel like I do fun things with my kids, unfortunately. I'm like, ah, there's four of you. I can't, we're not fun here. We just get things done. So.
0: Courtney, I am even now being transformed by what you're sharing. You made a comment earlier in the podcast that we are trained by our culture to love what we do. So Mm -hmm. we become stay-at-home moms and caretakers of our home somewhere along the way think, what is going on? Or maybe even from the beginning, recognizing the tasks that we don't enjoy. I don't enjoy doing dishes. I don't honestly really love cooking meals or maybe sweeping the floors or tasks that take up so much of our time as homemakers how do we reconcile that as grown adults um, realizing from what you're saying that yeah god gives us tasks that we don't necessarily enjoy but are purposeful and god glorifying when as a 31 year old i'm throwing a two-year-old tantrum in my heart how can you speak to that
1: yeah i think that that i mean it's just a perennial question and one that i struggled with so much because of my I feel like I wasted a lot of time in my 20s thinking that if I didn't love it, then it wasn't good. And and so I was really unfaithful in a lot of jobs because I thought if I don't find fulfillment in that, then there's no point in it. And I think it's a perennial problem for all, all for all ages that if if I don't like it, if it feels like drudgery, if it feels hard, then I'm just going to be, I'm going to not do it with a happy heart, which is the antithesis of what we're teaching our children to do. So, I think one is it levels the playing field that helps us see that if our kids aren't doing things with a happy heart, then we understand that we're, we're just like them. You know, we, we don't do things with a happy heart. But then also understanding that because we live in a broken world, the work is going to feel hard sometimes and it's going to feel like it's not meaningful and that it doesn't have purpose in it. And that the hope of the gospel is that Christ redeems our work and redeems our sinful hearts and gives us joy in things that feel really hard. and. Also the hope of the gospel is that God is making all things new. And so one day, so work's not going to go away whenever we we have the new heavens and the new earth and Christ comes back and returns and makes all things new. Sometimes we think that work is going to go away because work is a result of the fall. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: But work was created before sin entered the world. And so one day we're going to work in freedom. And one day we're going to work in with with unveiled eyes and ability to work without having a tantrum, because one day we're going to work in the new heavens and the new earth, and we're going to work in a way that, that we were always intended to work, where we, where we understand the purpose of our work, and we bring glory to God always. And so keeping that in view is helpful as well, knowing that our work here is not in vain, and our work is pointing us towards something greater uh, when, when Christ returns and makes all things new. Um, so I think it's a, it's a leveling the playing field with our kids, helping us see that we're just like them, helping us see that Christ is redeeming all things and that knowing that just because it feels like drudgery doesn't mean that it's bad work.
0: Mm, That is so helpful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Crossway has also graciously provided a copy of glory in the ordinary, which we'll be doing as a giveaway. So thank you, Courtney, for providing that as well. I'm hoping it helps. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time and I hope that you have a great day. (laughs) Thanks for having me. I hope that today's episode has encouraged and equipped you to raise your children with eternity in mind. And remember, we are not doing this alone. As Christians, God wills us to will and to work for His good pleasure. We are trusting in the finished work of Christ, and we're empowered by His Holy Spirit. If this episode has been helpful to you, could you please write a review for other moms and share this podcast with your friends? For more information and the show notes, check out MissTeacherMom.com. And please join us next week for the Miss Teacher Mom podcast.